When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we get the inside take from actors, artists, and creators on their work, career, and the things they obsess about. I'm your host, Connie Grielmo. Chances are you probably don't know who Philemon Chambers is, and that's okay, because the gifted young actor hasn't really starred in very much, at least not yet. That's all about to change. Chambers co-stars in Single All the Way, which is being billed as Netflix's first gay holiday rom-com. It airs on December 2nd and also features Michael Urie, Jennifer Coolidge, and Kathy Najimy. Chambers plays Nick, who pretends to be in a relationship with his best friend Peter, who doesn't want to show up without a partner again at his family's annual holiday get-together. But then Nick has to figure out what his true feelings are for his best friend. If that sounds like a familiar plot for a romantic comedy, it is. And that's the whole point. Chambers says he's proud that single all the way doesn't resort to LGBTQ stereotypes and just presents a story about families and people trying to find love. I have to start by saying I went and researched you and there's not a whole lot about you out out there, including um, I saw that you joined Twitter several months ago and I laughed because your tweet was March 24th. Let's give Twitter a try. And so, of course, I started following you. And I am thrilled to say that I am, you know, in the first 50 people <laughs> following you. Uh, yeah, I did just join Twitter because social media for me has always been kind of like a struggle because I do have anxiety when it comes to social media. I feel like most of us do. Um, but yeah, Instagram, you got me on there. Like that's that's my bread and butter. But yeah, Twitter is a whole new avenue that I'm trying to navigate. Okay, well, no, social no, 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 media no. is fraught with danger. <laughs> and there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole debate in this country right now about whether Facebook, which I don't know if you know, I'm talking to you mm-hmm. the day after mm-hmm. Facebook renamed itself Meta uh, because of a lot of reasons, but including the fact that it does not have the best reputation for some of the mistakes it's made. Um, Well, let's start by talking about a project that you're about to star in. The the work is already done, but it's about to air Mm -hmm. on Netflix. And I looked up how Netflix Netflix is um, promoting the show, and they say it's the first gay Christmas rom-com. It's called Mm -hmm. Single All the Way. It's going to air on Netflix in December. Okay, so you tell us what this um, groundbreaking, it seems, rom-com is all about. Yes, yes. Um, this is Netflix's first LGBTQ rom-com, and it is the first of its kind. Um, the storyline is about Peter, who is played by Michael Yuri, um, who is usually single around Christmas. And his family is very adamant about him being with somebody. So what ends up happening is uh, somebody does come into the picture, but they end up not working out. And he, Peter, coaxes me, Nick, his best friend, 
uh, to come along for the holidays with him to convince his parents after all of these years that we are together. And some funny turn of events happen. Um, but the reason why I feel like this is such a groundbreaking uh, project, not only because it's the first of Netflix's, um, uh, you know, dive into the LGBTQ rom-com community, but that this project is so filled with joy and non, there is no negative connotation, no anything of that sort in this. It is literally, you see people for people. And that's one of the things that I had wished uh, growing up that I had saw. Because anytime you saw a queer character portrayed on TV, there, there was always some sort of negative stereotype or it was on the uh, down low. And especially as a young LGBTQ uh, a gay man, I'm still in awe for it, I am. How big a risk do you think this is for Netflix? I mean, they're so widely viewed. I mean, you talk about Netflix is, I'm not going to say it's a reflection of reality because they have a lot of weird mm -hmm. programming. Squid, Squid Game. Squid, anybody, game. Squid yeah. game was so good. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they're trying to reflect the interests of people around the world. They have millions and millions of subscribers. So on the one hand, what you're saying is this is what real life is like or maybe maybe single all the way you know has a, a cheerful you know glossy vibe to it so let's yeah, yeah. you know it's a rom-com that means <laughs> i assume that there's a happy ending i have not seen it all in all honesty i didn't get a preview of it but um but is it a risk to do this is it a risk for you as an actor to do this i mean do you think so in 2021 soon to be 2022 you know the um not to bring the pandemic into it but bringing it into it um i feel like it allotted us all the time to self-reflect and in that i don't feel like it's a risk because this is my truth these are a lot of people's truths and to have it depicted in such a positive way what risk can there be i mean you know at the end of the day um acceptance is acceptance when you fully and truly accept somebody and love somebody unconditionally that should go without words so no i don't feel like it is a risk this is one of the most or probably one of the biggest projects you've worked on i'm thrilled that we're talking to you at the beginning of yeah. your career but you know at, you're entering the industry at a time that is very interesting right we have you mm -hmm. mentioned the mm -hmm. pandemic the whole world shifted to streaming partly because they had no choice. The movie theaters were shut down, but also how we view content. That's one part of it, but also there's been a reckoning in the entertainment industry. It's been going on for years about the lack of diversity and about showing different voices and perspectives, but it's accelerated because of everything that happened over the past year, including the Black Lives Matter movement. We've seen entertainment actually make some very interesting strides. You had Bridgerton do, you know, mm -hmm. lean into mm -hmm. color blank, casting so okay you've been working on and off since you were a kid 13 years when you were 13 you said how has it even changed and what you're seeing how the industry looks to you as an actor trying to make your way in the world it's become so much more inclusive um there are stories being told that have never been given the platform to go mainstream. Um, we're talking about Bridgerton, we're talking about Insecure, um, Issa Rae, what she's done. And in, in that, 
it gives me a lot of reassurance because growing up, you know, it was all about, um, there weren't really these types of stories out there. And it's nice to be um, a, a black man and see relatable um, stories being told, um, especially when it comes to, um, I, I just saw, I just saw a film, uh, don't quote me on the name, but it was, uh, it was the first time I really saw um, interracial couples. And I was just like, oh my God, now that's actually being mainstreamed. And it's something that uh, hit me because my mom, she's white and then my dad is black. So growing up, um, it, it was just one of those things that I was just accustomed to. And to now actually see that be a thing means the world to me. So I, I would say I, just the inclusivity of being in entertainment now is just having me on, uh, on cloud nine. What did you want to be when you were a kid? Did you always want to be an actor? I actually did. I actually did. My parents took me to see The Lion King play when I was six years old. And I remember sitting in the chair. Um, they had to get me like a little uh, box so I can sit up because I couldn't really see over the uh, other seats. But um, I remember just watching The Lion King and seeing them perform. And I knew every lyric. I knew every word. I was singing everything. The people in front of me kept on turning around. And during intermission, my mom and dad were just like, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. And they were just like, no, we're enjoying him more than the show. So, you know, I kind of knew then. Um, but no, uh, when I was six, I just, I knew I wanted to act. I knew I wanted to entertain. And I knew I wanted to be something bigger than myself. What's your favorite song from Lion King? Oh, um, okay. So I would say one of us, one of us, it's, it's not from the original Lion King. It's from Lion King 2. And um, it's when Simba uh, is trying to get Kovu away from um, his daughter. And uh, they find out that he's Scar's son. And there's this whole like big musical thing where they try to kick him out of the pride lands. That's that's my go-to. That's my go-to. So what else did you watch growing up? What informed your thinking about um, the kinds of stories that, well, what kinds of stories were you drawn to? And then, of course, on the flip side of that, after you answer that, I'm going to ask you what kinds of stories do you think we still need to see? You know, when I was growing up, I was watching Pokemon a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, anime. Um, but as I got older... Um, I was exposed to things um, like uh, Volcano with Tommy Lee um, and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire with Robin Williams. And that's when I discovered Robin Williams and I fell in love with Robin Williams. So anything that he did, um, I watched. Uh, I'm a big sci-fi person. I love me. Oh, I love me some sci-fi. Uh, Martians Attack. Um, <laughs> even Her Harry and the Hendersons actually, have you ever seen Harry and the Hendersons? I am happy to say I have. John Lithgow is brilliant in Harry and the Hendersons. Yes. <laughs> so that is actually one of my favorite movies because Bigfoot, <laughs> I'm like, I'm so down for Bigfoot. Um, Mac and me, of course, like E.T. Uh, those were the things that I grew up watching. Um, yeah, Wait, but those it. are, those are what I put in the category of happy sci-fi. 
right? Like, yes. like mm -hmm. Galaxy mm -hmm. Quest and Paul, I would add to that. Um, let's talk about then what kind of movies or entertainment, because it doesn't need to be movies or TV shows, there's all these series mm -hmm. that you think we need to see more of. Uh, I mentioned obviously Single All the Way. We, we talked about how that's groundbreaking and especially um, Netflix bringing LGBTQ rom-com story for Christmas. Talk about mainstreaming something and trying to normalize it and hopefully normalizing it for the country. But what else? Um, I think that, of course, we're going in the right direction, especially with the stories that are already being told. Um, even with uh, Single All the Way, there is, of course, the, the, the me, Michael Yuri, and Luke McFarlane are of course, LGBTQ. And um, it's, it's rare, especially in me as a, as a Black man growing up, like I said earlier, uh, referencing back to that, um, not having representation and seeing these types of characters be given life and actually, um, you know, the networks and, and, and streaming services taking a chance and taking a risk. So even with um, Anthony uh, Mackie, I bring him up in, uh, in specific because he's now taking over for Captain America and having that is monumental. Even, even let's go back to uh, Chadwick um, Boseman, God rest his soul, um, Wakanda, the Black Panther, having stories like that be told, having that rich culture of of being black and not having it be just this this monolith. I, I, I'm 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 very I'm excited. I'm excited because if I knew everything that we needed to see, I would do it. But as things come along, I just I just get more and more and more and more excited. And that lets me know that I can do it. So um uh all of those things that you mentioned, uh Black Panther obviously um our first black Captain America. I'm a huge uh, Marvel fan. And Thanks. actually for for this series, we did meet Chadwick Boseman. I interviewed him before Black Panther was released. And he talked about the importance of the role and being a role model, but also just bringing those stories to life. But I still think you can you can count them on two hands, right? There okay. still needs to be more. There, there does still need to be more, but um, you know, going back to that, the representation of it and the importance of the role. I, when, when I first got single all the way, um, I didn't really realize the importance of what it was and what I was doing and what I was bringing to the table and now adding into the Rolodex. It was the moment when I sat down and I was like, wow, I'm what, I needed when I was younger and it, it hit me because it, it means something that I can now be that for not only youth, but adult. And it, it, it rings true because there's so many, there's so many different levels of representation in this movie. Not only do you have um, queer characters who aren't just stereotypical, who aren't just the Hollywood stereotypical, oh my God, girl. Like that was one thing that that hit me because especially growing up, I never saw myself in, in any character, but even in the family dynamic of things, 
you see what can happen if a family truly embraces and loves their son, their daughter, for who they genuinely are. Not who you want them to be, but who they are. You get to see and experience and live in their moment with them and know that they're having a genuine experience versus this being like a rebellious thing. Because I know there's uh, that, that some things that happen with, especially the, um, the, the, the Black families. And because I, I, I have to speak on what I know and what I've been through. Um, it is. It's one of those things where they tell you this is not true. This is not true. I think your point, and you made it earlier as well, is that this movie doesn't feed into stereotypes. It talks about mm -hmm. a slice of life that is real and mm -hmm. it's about people interacting with people and their families mm -hmm. and also you actually have characters that are not pretending to be lgbtq mm -hmm. which has been a lot mm -hmm. of what we've seen and that's how you get to those stereotypes right mm -hmm. yes yeah. yes no it is true it is very true because and that was another thing that i was uh, talking about the other day with one of my friends um and also uh one of my family members is a lot of the times uh when somebody is not in the LGBTQ community, um, they can say, oh, I understand where you're coming from. You can understand, but you'll never really be able to get it because you're not in it. You haven't had to fight. You haven't had to hide. You haven't had to do any of these things. And of course, tying it back in, I'm just loving the fact that there is so much genuine representation now being put out into the world. The name of this podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. So I'd like to ask you, what are you obsessed with? I am obsessed with meditation. I am obsessed with being uh, next to my crystals, charging my energy, fixing my chakras. It is, that's my go-to nowadays. So what does meditation mean to you? Like, do you take X many hours or minutes out of your day? Do you... Are you intentional about it? Is it passive? Like, tell me what that means. Oh, no, yeah, um, it has to be. I feel like with, with meditation, it teaches you intent and it teaches you to have intention. Because if you just go into meditation blindly, it it's gonna be a circle thing. It, it You're not gonna find anything from it. I mean, you'll be calmer, but there has to be an end game. Um, and meditation for me, I discovered it uh, along with the pandemic it was a double whammy uh, because i found myself having a lot of anxiety from the pandemic and not knowing how to cope with certain things and being a worker bee and then going from a worker bee to just being in the house and confined to four walls was just absolutely <sighs> didn't yeah it was not beautiful it was not pretty um so discovered that and then also along with um filming because this was a big undertaking this was um a a monumental moment for me in my career and it can be very overwhelming it can be very very overwhelming so in the moments where i did have be it in my trailer um right before i got in the car or on set uh, sitting right next to michael just having like a little Zen moment to just find my intent, ground myself. Uh, it did a lot, and it um, it made me 
the meditation and also going through this experience um, made me a better actor. It made me trust myself even more. CNET has a lot of uh, cred in the tech community. And I'm curious, we were talking about streaming services and how they have become much more important, especially since we're living through a pandemic. <laughs> yes. Uh, what have you binge watched over the past year? Ooh, um, Squid Game, that was recent. Um, and and why it. did you like Squid Game? Because it's got a lot of mixed reaction, um, you know, <laughs> for a lot of reasons, although it's gotten people to read subtitles. So that's cool. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course, I'm a big uh, I'm a big story guy. And the story that some people, of course, could be in debt. And then this guy comes along and, oh, well, I'll take care of your debt. You just got to play a game. That was intriguing to me because I'm like, hmm, okay, let's see where this goes. And then when the game actually starts, um, you saw a little bit of humanity for me in, in, a, in a weird way. In a weird way, you did. Besides Squid Game, uh, On My Block, love On My Block. Um, it, it's just because honestly, it's kind of how I grew up. Um, you know, uh, being in a neighborhood where it wasn't quite the best and you did have to play by certain rules and certain dynamics um, to see that be out. I was like, oh, this is OK. All right. OK. CNET, is, as I mentioned, is, has its roots in tech. And so I want to ask you some questions about tech in your life. What, what's your favorite piece of tech? My phone. All the way. All the way. Cannot live without it. What piece of tech do you wish were invented just for you? AirPods. Well, they've invented AirPods. You're wearing them. Just for me. Just for me. Like, just for me. Like, if nobody else could have them, just AirPods. Because I just, <laughs> I love, I love listening to music in my own head. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're a big, uh, I imagine, iPhone AirPods fan. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to seeing your new movie on Netflix in December. Again, single all the way. Groundbreaking. The first gay Christmas rom-com according to netflix and gratified that it's going to be uplifting because we could all use some uplifting entertainment in our life yes yes we can all all use it especially after the year that we had <laughs> especially after the year um so i feel like this will be like the, the, a great great end to a year going into 2022 which will definitely be much better why do you think 2022 is going to be better? Because it's been like two years that have been a doozy, right? <laughs> I think 2022 will be better because of the measurements that have been taken in order to get us to a place of um, immunity. Of course, now um, I am vaccinated. So is my family. And so are majority of us now. Um, and going into that um as long as we still have a eye open to what could be in a sense of not just being you know willy-nilly and, and not having a mask on and not um uh, uh being cautious and careful especially around our elders or those who are more immunocompromised than ourselves um we're going into the right direction in my opinion Thank you, Philemon Chambers, for talking with me. And thank you for listening. I'm So Obsessed was created by our executive producer, Danielle Ramirez. Our editor and lead producer is Sophia Fox-Solo. And this episode was produced by Rebecca Fleener. 
please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app and follow the show on Twitter at I'm So Obsessed Pod. Until next time, be safe.